Welcome to Punch Drunk, a combat sports podcast with myself, the Mule, and Mason. This episode, we're going to be breaking down the big talking points from the world of MMA. So get your gloves on, grab yourself a beer, and get strapped in. So I suppose the the best place to start would be the UFC 263 prelims. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the fight that I was looking forward to was the Hooper fight, Hooper yeah. versus Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm massive shock. I've been following Hooper's last few fights. Really, really impressed. Um, it definitely uses his his reach. I mean, he's, he's he's so, I suppose, for lack of a better word, quite gangly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again. I don't want to come across as insulting. When you look at him, he doesn't look like your <laughs> typical UFC fighter. No. Um, he looks like he should be behind the Salvation Army desk. But actually, he's a bit of a, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a hard guy. He is, yeah. Um, smothers his opponents. But that's not really what happened with, with this fight. Uh, he, he ended up losing. He did, he did. He did. And don't get me wrong, uh, you know... With UFC fighters, it's not the same as boxing. You don't expect people, you know, 10 and 0, 20 and 0, 30 and 0. It's, it's rare. So a, a loss isn't the end of the world. But you're right. It was a really wrestle-heavy fight. And it wasn't the most exciting. And he did. He got smothered. That was, it was a great way to, to describe it. You know, there wasn't much in it standing up. They went down. And, you know, sometimes he was on top, but there was a few times when he managed to wriggle out of good positions, you know, good jiu-jitsu defense. But, yeah, you know, he just, he just wasn't the better fighter. Yeah. I think when you, you know, when you guys watch the fight and, you, and you'll see this, and like we said there, you're so used to watching Hooper, you know, take 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 his opponents down, smother him, you know, getting, trying to get the, the hooks under, trying, you know, just really dominating him. Peterson, whenever he was in that position, you know, his his defense was was you know really came into play here. Um, usually, what Hooper does is he he'll take the opponent down, you know, smother him, really knock the energy out, and 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 don't get me wrong, they're not heavy blows, but a lot of head punches. Now, Peterson was doing really well to avoid those head punches, and whenever he was down, he wasn't down for you know for, for too long, and the energy wasn't being sapped. Wherever on the other side of that, I just feel like Peterson just did that little bit more. He was a little bit more aggressive, and and I think the the deciding factor for me. And don't get me wrong, it was a close fight. There wasn't a lot between it. Both fighters very similar styles took each other down when they could. Yes, okay, Peterson was taken down, you know, a fair few times. What I'd say the difference here is Peterson looked okay when he was stood up and banging, mm-hmm. when he was stood up and punching. And it's something that I think Hooper needs to work on because every time I've watched Hooper fight, he's so reliant on his ground game yeah, and his wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you know, I agree. And it it can work. I mean, look at Khabib, but he isn't Khabib. And there is no other Khabib. He isn't going to be able to do that and just rely on the wrestling. Like you say, he does need to round his game out. Not the end of the world. I mean, I don't know his age. He does look like he stumbled in off his paper rounds, so he is probably a young guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it was what it was. It was what it was. I, I, for me, that was the only real standout on the undercard, but was there anything else on the undercard that jumped out to you? 
yeah, there were some good fights on there, but I think, you know, at least for me personally, Chase Hooper was the one, the, the standout, you know, that I really wanted to, to, to follow. Um, he's been really exciting, like, like I mentioned, obviously, unfortunately, it, it didn't go the way that we wanted it to go, or the way it wanted, you know, Hooper wanted it to go at least. Mm. Um, not to say that the, the main card wasn't action packed, because there were some absolutely outstanding fights. There was, there was. I think that. Coming into the the whole card, there was a few fights jumping out to me. Obviously, I like to see myself as patriotic. Um, the Paul Craig fight, I was looking forward to. I'll be honest, I thought he was going to lose that fight coming into it. Um, I hoped that he would he would win the fight coming into it, um, but I wasn't really hopeful. Mm. But I, I, w- I was shocked. Uh, and I mean, I know we've discussed this off air, but the thing for me was his brute strength. And I know there's a lot of talking points in this fight, but it's rare you see somebody just take someone down and not in a throw a few strikes faint go down Mm. he just seemed to grab him and brute strength force the guy to the ground and hold him down and it was as if nothing more than than his man strength alone kept him down on the ground yeah I think um, you know part of the game plan there for Peterson was just to dominate from the offset because literally you know seconds in he was applying that strength and it's interesting, they say, you know, uh, within combat sports, you, your strength is the last thing that leaves you. Uh, and we know that, you know, um, he's no, you know, Craig's no spring chicken. Mm-hmm. But it's a testament to the fact that you know, he's fighting, you know, a younger guy. And it was the strength that, that put him through there, you know, dominating the ground game. Um, absolutely made the takedown defense of um, Hill mute and void, basically. He did. Um, no, a really, really good fight from him. And I, and I think, you know, with a showing like that hopefully we're going to see bigger and better fights from him uh, going forward agreed I mean I know he wasn't uh, coming into this top 10 he's got to be on that edge now he might get himself a top 10 a top 5 fight and from there within the year if you know two or three more performances like that don't be surprised if he gets thrown in you know to a title fight don't get me wrong it is a stretch but he isn't a million miles away Um, I mean I suppose the other talking point uh, is how um, it was good that the referee allowed the fight to go on. I'm only joking. Obviously, the, the referee's lack of stoppage, um, yeah. the fact that he literally ripped his arm out. You could see it dangling there, mm. and the ref just let it go on. It's funny because it seems to be the the theme of the week so far. It does. Obviously, on the last episode, we we were talking about how you know referees you know potentially not stopping fights soon enough or you know, stopping fights too soon, and then we get this fight where an absolute stinker. Um, his his arm. There were reports that it was broken. I'm hearing that it was just a dislocation, which is good. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing is permanent and, and as painful as a uh, as a broken arm. Um, however. As soon as he locked that armbar in, you could see the moment that it, you know, it, it fell out of place. It looked like a rubber arm. It was flopping it all over the place. And, you know, the poor guy, whilst this was happening, was receiving hammer fists straight to the dome. Yeah. Um, there was no way he was defending it. He was receiving straight blows to the to the top of the head. His arm was flapping around like a fish. <laughs> and the ref just allowed it to go on. It was bizarre. The thing is, as well, he, he was kind of... He was stuck because when you're in that position where your arm is dislocated and it's being pulled on and pulled on, the only way you can stop that from hurting more is to use your other arm and your strength to to try and hold and prevent it. So you can't tap 
and you could literally like it was like rubber arm like you said it was, it was bending the wrong way now i mean I, I did some research on the on the referee um i've listened to some um good analytics about him I, i've read about him uh, and apparently he's, he's a really respected referee within that state and he just doesn't move around so obviously you've got like your herb deans you know your your famous ufc refs that follow ufc, UFC from yeah from country to country um state to state um but this guy He'll do his PFAs, he'll do his uh, Bellators, he'll do all of the other... And then the the nondescript ones you haven't heard of, he'll do those cards. He'll be the main guy leading them. So he's respected. Um, personally, the first time I've ever seen or, or heard of him. Mm. But you know, with a shocker like that, it, it harps back to the boxing show we, we talked about. And I know they're different sports, but these people have to be held accountable. I think I think what we've got to remember here is, and we we view it obviously as, as fans, we all do. Uh, we have a tendency, I think, to to think of these people as machines or robots almost. That you know they go into the the training six eight week camps or whatever, go into the fights, and then you're all fine and dandy afterwards. But you know ultimately, when you when you do get these these big injuries, and some of these injuries can be you know can be career ending, they can be life altering, of course. The referees have to do more to protect these fighters. Now, like we said on the last episode, you know injuries, cuts, all that happens, and you know, if you watch the Diaz fight, you'll you'll exactly you know, you'll know exactly <laughs> what I mean. However, a dislocated arm, you know, if an opponent's got a dislocated arm, they're in an arm bar. That's end the fight. The fighter is, you know, they're not going to pop it back into place there, and then the fight's over. End the fight. Um, I'm I'm interested to see the fallout from this because. Again, Dana White is an extremely, you know, he's extremely vocal. Yes. He's been extremely vocal on this in the past, you know, to the press um, in the in the post fight. So um, it could be that we just don't see that ref officiate in the UFC again. He's been known to drop refs because I think it's likely. Yeah, I think it's likely. Um, I mean, the, the next one on the card for me that I want to say I was in, I was interested in. I thought the result would go this way. It's the Damian Meyer fight. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Absolute legend. I have a lot of time for Damian Meyer. You know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to try and get you on the ground. He's going to try and rip something out of its socket. Yeah. But he is 93 years of age. <laughs> so coming into this fight, don't get me wrong. Mohammed, he's not a world beater, but I just thought he's fresher and he's going to have enough. I th- yeah, and again, I just want to start by giving giving props to Maya, um, an absolute UFC legend in, in every sense of the word, one of the best submission artists that we've you know we've ever seen. And if you if you ever watch um, you know fights in the UFC or, or any any of the any MMA, you know, often when they're talking about big submission artists, Maya's name's always thrown in there. Without People are constantly compared to him, and that should give you guys and you know if you don't know much about Maya an idea on, on just how brutal this guy was with his with his jiu-jitsu and his and his submissions um and it you know it was sad for me because I think it would have been nice to see him get that fairy tale ending and, and, and go out agreed. on a win agreed uh, I think as well and I, I know you've touched on it there it's really rare nowadays that you get someone in the UFC who specializes in one place you go back like 10 15 years you've got the boxer you know you've got the the jiu-jitsu specialist you've got the uh, muay thai fighter you know you've got the wrestler and that's really you know Cronk gracie he's gonna go in there and you know he's gonna take you down you've got those people who specialize in that one area but the sport adapted so much that you need to be rounded in so many areas that these people have just been 
marshaled out of the sport. They don't exist anymore. But Damian Meyer does. Mm. He's still, you know, that was his last fight on, on the UFC contract. He isn't going to get another. I don't know if he'll retire, if he'll go to, you know, Bellator or, you know, wherever else someone will pick him up because of his name. But the fact that he's lasted to 2021, just doing that one thing that he does fantastically, you know, it's a testament. Yeah, I agree. And, and listen, guys, we know that there are there are exceptions to to to, to what the mules just said there in, in regards to being, you know, let's call it one. I suppose one dimensional. You know, in the in the nicest sense of the word, yeah. you've got your absolutely freak world class fighters like your, your Khabib's. Now, you, if you are extreme, you know, if you, if you are just going to use one style within within MMA. You pretty much need to be a master of it, um, and we know Khabib was fighting bears when he was ten years <laughs> old back in Russia. He's obviously had a good experience, um, but you know I think you know, and, and, and I do agree, and it harks back to the Hooper fight. If you look at the Hooper fight, you know he's got to have coaches around him now, or he's got to start bringing in coaches who are going to help him strike, learn how to strike. Absolutely, because you know we've seen it in the past. Again, who remembers Kimbo Slice? Great man. Kimbo Slice was was devastating with his hands. You know, the, just YouTube his backyard fights. You know, you can see Masvidal in, in the background as well. <laughs> However, when it came into the ring, all an opponent had to do was take him down because he was just near useless uh, in, in his first few fights. So it, it's so important if if you're going to try and get into to MMA, it's good to have a strength and it's good to build on that strength. But you've got to try and have a little all round to your game. And I think you know striking is is so important. I like you know like you said there. It is, and uh, you know what we we're there now. Like you say, people come in now as MMA fighters. They're trained, and don't get me wrong. There's people are better in stand up. People are better in wrestling, but they're MMA fighters. Yeah, you know it. We're not back in the days of UFC one where we've got a Zumo wrestler and you know, you know things like that. But it, even still, you know, credit, take my hat off to to him. You know, all the best. Yeah. If he wants to continue fighting, I'm sure Bellator will take him and all the best to him. But if not, I'd be comfortable with him retiring and sailing off into the sunset. I don't even think Bellator are going to take him. To be honest with you, now. Could I see him doing some exhibition fights? I know Anderson Silva is doing a lot. Of, you know, we're going to talk about Anderson later yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Uh, but Anderson's been doing, you know, some exhibition fights. If he wants to make a little bit of money, why not? Um, however, I could probably see him just retiring after this, to be honest. And I think that's yeah. that's the best thing for him. So long, so long as he doesn't end up in uh, Bernacle FC or fighting Jake Paul, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay, that's, let's go forward. Um, I think for me, the next fight is the one that. I was most excited for um, coming into it. The the third um, Coco main event, if you will. Yeah. The first five round non-title fight that was third in there. Nate Diaz stepping up to the plate versus Leon Rocky Edwards. Do you want to take the plate first? Yeah, sure. So, you know, one thing about me, guys, I am a huge uh, Diaz fan. Um, I probably go as far to say currently he's yeah, probably my favourite fighter in, in in the UFC. Now, is he the best fighter in the UFC? Probably not. Does he have the best chin in the UFC? Probably. <laughs> um, does he have one of the biggest hearts? Yes, I would argue that. Um, and and again, you know, um, Leon Edwards, you know, homegrown. Yeah, I, I break. You, you've got to support that. We don't have too many uh, in the UFC, so whenever we get one, we we got to back them guys. Um, so it 
it was a great fight all round because you know I was always going to be happy uh, with the victor. Well, the one thing I will say is, what a fight. We got oh. such a fantastic fight from both fighters. Agreed, agreed. I think the, the thing for me is, um, Nate Diaz did Nate Diaz. He lost the fight and left the champion. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's crazy that if you go and watch it round by round, Leon Edwards does fantastic. Yeah, He outstrikes him. He out-wrestles him. He gets out of some good positions on the floor. I think... If you look at every single interaction, nine out of ten of them in each of the rounds, mm. he's by far the better person who comes out on top. However, Nate did Nate, took every shot, got cut up by some nasty elbows, kept trying, kept trying, comes at the same pace, does the same thing, and what does he do? Cracks him in the last round and has him on wobbly street yeah. all over the ring and... If you watch that fight, you can guarantee you were up on your feet shouting regardless of who you wanted to win at that point. Yeah, and I, I just want to say as well, I, I'm, I love... There are some people who, who you know, were criticising Diaz a little bit. Um, you know, We've got to remember, he's not the youngest anymore mm. and he's got to play to his strengths and he did that. You know, he was so unorthodox. There was periods of the fight where he was just literally turning his back on Edwards, which which obviously is is crazy, but he makes it work, and you could see it was off putting. It was off putting to to Edwards because how can you? You can't plan for that. You can't plan for a fighter turning the back on you or you know walking you know to the left and to the right and suddenly throwing a quick you know snap jab. There's no way preparing for or that. a slap or a slap, and eventually it it worked. Um, eventually he found an opening you know in that last round and he delivered the the old Stockton slap and followed it up with a with a huge huge blow to to the jaw it was a pinpoint shot that as well yeah yeah and he was on Bambi on ice you know his his legs were going I think it's unfortunate that Diaz didn't have a little bit more energy which is why you saw you know the showmanship the you know swearing at him and telling you let's go Mm -hmm. Um, you know I think a Nate Diaz three years ago probably would have finished that in all fairness, I think he would have yeah. finished that fight. I think I think that's fair. I think you're right. I think a lot of people are saying, "Why didn't he just run at him?" You know, it was Nate being Nate, giving it, you know, swearing and talking to him. If he'd have just jumped on him, but like you say, the turning the back, the swearing for out of it. I think it is showmanship, but smart showmanship and sort of giving him that little bit of energy before he runs and you know he he does all these things. Mm. The most frustrating thing about Nate for me is um, is Nate. And what I mean by that is, I think if you took Nate Diaz into the middle of the cage and you said, right, you lie down, and then you got another MMA fighter in there and you said, lie down, you'll struggle to find a fighter that he wouldn't tap or that he wouldn't, you know, make quit. But Nate Diaz is Nate Diaz's biggest fan. And in his head, he's the hardest man who's ever lived. Yeah. You you can stand and you can punch. I'm going to stand and I'm going to punch harder and I'm going to punch faster. I'm going to take your shots and I'm going to beat you. Can he take shots? Of course he can. He's got an amazing chin. Can he strike? Of course he can. But his actual ground game is almost unparalleled and he just doesn't use it. Yeah, He's just so confident in that I'm harder than you that he tries to trade with people. As as crazy as as this is going to sound, if you're someone that doesn't 
well, I don't, I don't know how you wouldn't know who Nate Diaz is, you know, obviously after the, the McGregor fights and the, the Masvidal fights. Um, but let's say this is, this is your first time hearing about him. He's in, he's in almost a state here where no UFC fight has been before. And Joe Rogan actually mentioned it, you know, towards the end of the fight, at the end of the fight. It doesn't matter if he wins or loses. No. Because he's such a fan favourite now that people will pay to watch him because of the displays that he puts on. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think even a little bit in his mind, he's content and happy mm-hmm. with a proper good scrap, you know, where he comes out, the people's champ, and he and he did it again. Um, you know, it's funny because we spent the most, the, the, the longest part of the Leon Edwards-Diaz fight talking about Diaz when everyone is yeah just because of obviously that that, that rally at the end um, well no major props to him he, he's the only UFC fighter who you know is probably going to again go on to fight another top 10 can, you know fighter after losing what his last last two fights now um, yeah he's entertaining well like you say he won 30 seconds of the fight but you left the champion yeah so let's let's talk about what you said there then so we've obviously got Leon Edwards We've got Nate Diaz. Let's start with Diaz. What's next for Nate Diaz? He's coming off losses. He's 36 years of age. Where's he going with this? He can do what he wants, to, to be honest. I think me for the, 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 the only fight I really want to see him in, and I know, I'm not saying he didn't take the Edwards fight seriously. Mm-hmm. I think he did. But the, the one fight that I really want to see him you know, go in there, guns blazing, is I want to see the McGregor trilogy. I think that's yeah. the next big one we all want to see. We want to see a definitive ending to that because, you know, I think it's split fairly down the middle. You know, a lot of people say, you know, he lost the last fight against McGregor. Me personally, I actually feel like he, he won the fight. Uh, and obviously, you know, he, he tapped out McGregor in the first fight as well. So there are, there are questions that need answering there. I think it makes sense for McGregor. You know, if he loses against, you know, Dustin... I think that's the next fight to be made. I, you know what, I agree. If he loses against Dustin, I think that it's got to be the next fight. I mean, he's also got the the rematch, the BMF rematch that you could do. Yeah, I'm, I don't think. Look, he went he went versus Nate Diaz because uh, sorry, he went versus uh, Rocky Edwards because he was top five, top three. Yeah, and he thought it's the easiest kind of top five. If I take that, I can go for a title fight, and. He didn't come through. So he isn't going to go for the title fight. I think you're right. I think the the Poirier fight versus McGregor, if there's a loss there, it's the it's the obvious choice. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about uh, Rocky Edwards? What's next for Rocky Edwards? He's obviously, he's, he's undefeated. Um, ten fights now. Obviously, it was a rocky ending. If you look at the the last fights that he's done, he came back from COVID after a cancelled fight. He yeah. had the eye poke in the first round, which meant that that fight finished a no contest. Yeah, He's gone into this. He's been the number one contender, what seems like, for about three years. But would you throw him in with a champion after, a, after an eye poke and after um, getting wobbled in the last round? I, yeah, so I feel for Edwards here because, like you mentioned there, 10, ten fight streak there, 
you know, that's incredible, especially when we look at the opposition he's he, he's you know he's, he's fighting against here now. I think the only thing that that lets him down, and, and it's nothing to do with the fighting, is the self promotion and you know his his, yeah. his smack talk. Yeah. Um, I know it's crazy that we you know we're talking about fighter fighters here and you know not being able to talk, but let's 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 not hide from it. It's it's so important. You know, ever since you know your Chael Sonnens came into, we've we've always had smack talking, especially in the UFC. But then McGregor came in and he just ran with it. Um, and ever since then, everybody's been trying to outdo each other because everyone looks at McGregor now, mm-hmm. what he did five years ago in the last five years, and mm-hmm. sees you know this guy's gone from winning fifty thousand after a fight, seventy five thousand after a fight, maybe an extra fifty thousand if you win fight of the night to, you know. 30 million paydays, 40 million paydays against your Mayweathers, you know, your, your, your massive fights against your Aldos. He's a massive, massive pay-per-view superstar, even now, you know, and he's had a few, um, you know, he's, he's coming off the back of, uh, of a loss against Poirier, but he's still such a main draw. That's what Edwards needs to get. Yeah. Because he's not even at a, a quarter, you know, of, of, of the, the top that McGregor's got. Not many people have. No. Needs to work on that, I think. I agree. Just to promote himself. I think you nail it. I think if there's any other fighter who's three wins on the row, four wins on the row, five wins on the row in the UFC, and they get off there and they talk smack and they say, I want this guy, I want that guy, I'm going to destroy you. They get it. They get the title fights. That big talking, it, it sells. Mm. You walk down the street and you say to somebody, name me, name me a UFC fighter. And they'll say, Conor McGregor. You say, name me a boxer. They'll probably say Muhammad Ali. And yeah, these guys have great resumes, but it wasn't the resumes they know them for. It's the talking. It's yeah. all of the things that they do outside of the cage and outside of the ring. Um, no, I agree. I mean, just to go back, um, I think one fight that we could look for uh, Diaz if Connor wins and that trilogy isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. How about throwing him in with Ferguson? Because he's coming off quite a skid, you know. He was the guy that was going to beat Khabib. And then it fell off and it fell off and it fell off. Mm. And then he lost. Yeah. And he lost again and he lost again. But he's got a big name value. Both massive fan favourites as well. Huge um, fight favourites. Which is obviously what's difficult for Dana White at the moment. Because obviously Ferguson has, has been coming off, you know, uh, I think I think is it three, three or four? Three or four, yeah. Three or four, maybe even more now. Uh, losses. And he's such an exciting fighter, Ferguson. And it's the same as Diaz. You you don't know what they're going to do. They're so unorthodox. So to me, yeah, I, I agree. That is an, an extremely easy fight to sell if, you, if you're Dana White. Yeah. Which, again, is the problem for, for Edwards. Yeah. There are fights that make sense if we're talking styles and we're talking, you know, how good the fights are going to be. That's not the problem. The problem is he needs to sell these fights. He needs to be putting himself in the conversation where Dana White's thinking, do you know what? This is, this is a quick sale. Yeah. It's a business. That, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about how much can we bring in. I mean, let's, let's put it in perspective, right? There was rumours that Adesanya mm. was going to be fighting versus Darren Till on the tough, um, you know, as the, the coaches until uh, Darren Till got injured and had his shoulder disconnected or whatever it was. Yeah. Darren Till... He's, he's lost three or four fights recently. Yeah. But what does Darren Till do? He gets on social media. He gives people shit. He talks a good game after it. Mm-hmm. Rocky Edwards' record is, inc- you know, it's so much better than Darren Till. He just doesn't talk. Yeah. Right, let's, let's, let's move forward. There's some other great, 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 great fights on the card. Um, where do you want to go to next? 
I suppose the the next one would be the Figueredo versus uh, Moreno fight. Oh, good fight. Yeah. Um, a little bit of bad blood, obviously, after after the first fight ended with the with the draw. Um, you know, me uh, me and Mule were talking about this off air. Um, we were comparing it to obviously, you know, uh, draws in the past. Um, we both agree that actually this was probably, you know, for the first fight at least, it was it was the best outcome. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it was ultra aggressive from from both fighters. Uh, Figueredo scored some really nice knockdowns. Um, you know, Marino with some lovely combinations that were really landing in and, and cutting him up. But the second fight, nobody expected Marino to to dominate as much as he did. I didn't. So uh, we we had predictions off air. We didn't share them um, because we're not confident. No, we didn't share them because we recorded this fight uh, this after, and uh, I didn't. I didn't. I absolutely thought that uh, Figueiredo was going to be too much for him. I thought the first fight was close, but with the streak that he had through COVID, I thought you know he's going to learn from it. He's going to come in. He's going to be more positive. He's a champion. And he just got schooled. Yeah. And what's what strange is, is Figueredo changed his style almost and changed his tactics from, from the first fight. And he wasn't throwing as much. It was strange. He started throwing later on, and, and by then it was it was too little, too late. Marino had, had built um, you know a nice lead, and he he just grown in confidence, and he was backpedaling. And I think you know when you're a fighter who's had a slow start, yeah. you're always playing catch up, and it's difficult when your opposition is feeling as confident as they are. Um, but you know straight away, lovely, lovely combinations. You know, he, he dropped him early on he as did. well. He did, and um, I think that falls into what you were saying. I think that shot instantly made him go, Oh, this is different. I'm scared of what's coming at me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but his, his ground game as well, he was so aggressive. You know, he was, he was really, really. The thing is, Moreno didn't change that much from the first fight. I think he was landing a little bit more clinically. Um, I think his ground game was obviously a lot better. He took it to the mat and, and he ended up winning. I think what happened here is, is and I don't want to take anything away from Reno because it, you know he was absolutely class, but Figueredo just didn't start. And, and when he did start, the fight you know was nearly gone. Um, he was too, way too cautious. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's something that they worked on, on on in camp, you know, if he was trying to to, to counter, um, you know, but it just didn't come off in the end. It, it didn't, it didn't, uh, and you know what? Um, I think I think they thought Figueroa was going to come through, but what a fantastic thing to happen for Dana White! From the beginning, they tried to follow the boxing model. They wanted there to be a Mexican champion. Sure. They wanted there to be a British champion. They wanted there to be American champions. And what they realized early doors was that because of the the wrestling aspect of it, that there's actually um, a bigger market in Canada and there's a bigger market in Russia and, you know, all of these different places. But the sport's come forward so long that all of these boxing-heavy places like Mexico are starting to look at it more and more and more so to have a Mexican champion, and he's young as well. 26. Yeah. Opening up that market is going to make him a lot of money. They will. It wouldn't surprise me if there are two or three, you know, COVID permitting, but uh, UFC Mexico cards that they kick off next yeah. year. Like you said, there's, there's an absolutely, you know, huge, 
growth for you know for for MMA in in that area. We we can see how popular uh, Canelo Alvarez is. You know, he's literally you know the face of boxing at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, he carries the Mexican flag with him, uh, you know, everywhere. Um, but no, not just for, for Dana White. And it's great for Dana White. He's got a got a Mexican boxer. But what a great story for for him yeah. because obviously we know he got dropped uh, by Dana. Um, we know he was part of the, the Ultimate Fighter, and, and I think he was he was dropped for not being aggressive enough, mm-hmm. um, which is slightly harsh. I think you've, you've you know in in a fight, it's it's instinct, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but what a story to to come back and and you could see it from his ring what he was so focused on his job yeah. and he knew he was going to leave there with that belt. Well, you could see it from the post fight. He he burst out in tears. And, and you know what? Fair play to Figueroa. The fact that he picked him up and he championed him to say, "This guy just beat me." Well done. And I know you get that respect, but I don't think I've ever seen a champion who's lost in a fight yeah. do that with with somebody else before. What a great time for Mexico as well. Um, obviously, we, we, you know we, uh, this is the the MMA uh, episode, so we don't want to talk too much about boxing. But they've got Canelo now, and now they've got another you know champion in inside MMA to root for. Um, and I think great for UFC. We're going to see so much, you know, so many more fans. And Mexican fans are so 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 passionate. You've seen it in boxing for years and years and years now. So hopefully we can we can get the same passion and energy from those fans, and, and hopefully get some more Mexican fighters through. I'd love to see some, you know, in the next couple of years, you know, maybe in the Ultimate Fighter again. Absolutely, absolutely. Viva la Mexico. Yeah. Right. So let's let's go forward. The main event. Um, Israel Adesanya, obviously, unbelievable fighter. We came into the fight thinking, you know, he was the prodigal son. He stepped up. Was he found out? And and my worry coming into this fight was, he obviously lost. And yes, there was that weight discrepancy, yeah. but he lost by a bigger, stronger man taking him down and wrestling him. And if you look at the first Vittori fight, what happened? The first round, it was a cakewalk. Yeah. The second round, about the same. The third round, Vittori almost realized that if he tries to take him down against the cage, he can't do. But he took him down in the middle, in the open, and he got him down, and he kept him down, and he won that round. And I was thinking, is he going to learn from you know the last fight? Is he going to look at what's happened since? Is he just going to take him down in space? Um, and he didn't. He came like a big stedad and tried to do exactly the same thing he did in the first fight. And Adesanya was just too good. Yeah, so we'll, we'll come to Adesanya. I just want to focus on uh, Vittori. Um, so underwhelming. So yeah. so underwhelming, you know. We talked about it on on the last episode of you know fighters getting these incredible opportunities, um, and, and taking. And don't get me wrong, anybody can can lose a fight. He just didn't learn, like yeah. like you said, he didn't learn from from the first fight. Um, he was he was slow. Uh, the, the combinations were slow, predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very very orthodox. Um, didn't change his style whatsoever. There, there was absolutely no surprises in there. And it just allowed Adesanya to be in, you know, third gear yeah. for the entire fight. Um, if you're in that position where, you know, you're in you're in a championship fight, I understand that you've got, you know, your, your game plan. I just want to see, I want to see 110. Um, he looks extremely one dimensional. You know, the the takedowns, okay, okay, yeah, he scored a few takedowns, but he, didn't was, do it. he did nothing with it. Yeah. Exactly, you know, Adesanya was up and at him within ten seconds of each one, mm-hmm. and it's that must be soul crushing for a fighter when you know you've 
essentially because this is what I feel like he did. He, he pinned his whole game plan on what you said there. Let, let's try and get him down. But you've got to be able to, to adapt. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's not working and it wasn't working, let's start striking. Let's mix it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, let, you know, so let's see some head kicks. I can't remember if there were any head kicks from him. You yeah. know, let's see some spinning out. Let's, you know, anything to try and change up, anything to try and, you know, make the fight interesting or take Adesanya off guard. Um, he was just so unconvincing to me and, and completely blown his opportunity because it's okay losing a fight, but losing the fight the way he did, looking so uninspired, um, it'll damage his further chances of getting on a big, huge main event again. It will. And more to the point, um, you know, if he's going to try and get a belt again, if Adesanya stays where he is, it's going to be a long time. Nobody's going to want to see that fight again. Something dramatic is going to have to happen. He's going to have to go on some unbelievable winning streak that shows us something different. Mm. And I don't think he has that something different. No. So I guess the question then, what's next for them? Well, it's a, I, Vittori just needs to probably take a step back, mm-hmm. reflect, have a chat with his coaches because... You know, absolute craziness coming out from him post-fight. You know, I think I won the fight. <laughs> On what planet would you really come out of that fight? And look, I know, I know everybody's everybody's got pride, but you've got to be honest to the fans and you've got to be honest to yourself. You weren't good enough. No. Um, so I think he needs to accept that, take a little bit of time. I think he needs to rewatch the fight. Um, because maybe in his mind it looked a bit different. Maybe it did. He did score the knockdown. He, he did score the um, the takedown. Sorry. So maybe in his mind that was enough. But I think when he rewatches that and he sees how simple and easy it was to 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 you know come up from that, I, th- I think he'll understand why he lost the fight. Take a bit of time off. Review. 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 Who do you want to see him fight next? For me, obviously he was fighting versus the champion. He doesn't want to drop too far out. Mm-hmm. He's got to go back into the top 10, maybe into the top 5. There's no names that jump out. I think he needs to take some time. I think the next person he goes versus, not to say there is anyone like Adesanya, but he can't go for that dynamic striking style. You know, he, He's got to go for a soft touch. Maybe someone who's just into the top 10, top 9. Build that confidence back up and go from there. But like you say, he's got to assess. Yeah. For want of a better word, he's clearly not all there. When you hear him speaking, even before, during, after, you know, he's not Copus Mentis. He's not, you know, you couldn't have a constructive conversation with him. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, Mike Tyson, never known to be the most articulate person, but he drilled the right things and yeah. drilled people for it. He needs to get the right coaches behind him and take a bit of time. Yeah, agreed. I think after once he's re- reviewed the footage, there are there are definitely fights there for him. Uh, I know that he fought Jack Amanson um, and he he lost by a decision. There's a rematch there definitely. I think you know to come off the back of a loss, a great way of getting yourself back, you know, uh, back amongst the big fights is is redeeming. You know, Jack Amanson's currently ranked number six. He's, he's a top ten fighter, so that makes sense to me as well. He, yeah, I get that. And you know what? Hermanson would want to run that back, try and get that, that decision. Um, six is is high. It does make sense. I mean, Gaslam's coming off a loss. Most of the rest of the top ten are tied up. So that there's definitely fights there for mm. him. Yeah, I could um, see Gaslam. I guess it's just about him looking at the holes he sees. Um, and probably, judging from him, probably more what his coach and his team around him think is the best option. Well, what about Adesanya? What, what do you think's next for him? 
So Adesanya, obviously, the, the Jones fight is gone now. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, that, that ship has sailed. You know, in an alternative world, um, in you know, in my dreams, it, he fights he fights John Jones, but uh, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. I mean, who who is there really left to fight here at, at middleweight? Maybe uh, Whitaker again? Yeah, I know. I know he wants the Whit- Whitaker fight in in Australasia. That would be a big fight. And don't get me wrong, since. He starched Whitaker. Mm. He has been on a, on a great run, and I know they tried to give him that fight earlier on, and he's built himself back, and he's probably at that point. So that would be a good fight. I, I, I kind of want to see him him run back. I, the The Blackovich fight was a close fight, yeah, and I, and I know that he lost it, but he quite easily could have won it. Yeah, I guess it's down to him and his confidence. Do, does he want to build back up and try and build that muscle mass up, or is he gonna gonna run it back? I mean, if the options are Whitaker. Or to go back and fight versus Blakovic. I don't care. They're both fantastic fights. Yeah, I think if we're looking at, at the middleweights, there, 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 there are fights to be made. Um, I would like to see. I know Uriah Hall's ranked number ten. To me, that's an interesting fight. I like Uriah Hall's style. I think it mixes up really well with with Adesanya. He's, he's a really disciplined fighter. Uh, great on the counters as, as as well as we saw against uh, 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 Weidman. Uh, unfortunately, we hope his leg gets better uh, soon. Um, hope to see him fighting again soon. But yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to see Uriah Hall. He's fighting Sean Strickland, so we could see him uh, rise up the rankings as well. I suppose that the only other one, um, like I mentioned earlier, there was rumours that he had signed to fight Till at the end of Tough until Till had to pull out because of his uh, his injury. Um, so I suppose if Till comes through this, that that's out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's good fights either way. But you know, it's good to see him bounce back, especially versus a wrestling heavy guy, which is the way that he lost it. It shows that you know. It was a one-dimensional performance um, by Vittori, but it shows that he doesn't struggle with that one dimension, that that wrestling. It was just the size and strength that he struggled with previously. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that's everything for the, the UFC for me. I guess that the next bit's PFA. I, I'll be honest, I, I've, I've heard of it. I've seen clips. I never really watched it. This was the first fight card. And I know people in the past, I know we're supposed to be talking about the fights, but have mentioned the weird things that they have up. I really enjoyed the the way that they do it. I, I enjoyed the fact that they show the the punch speed. I yeah. enjoy that you can see the the strikes. And I know, coming from boxing, the number of punches landed doesn't necessarily mean that you win. But, you know, they're trying to do something different. It, it's interesting. And I personally enjoyed it. We we spoke about this um, off air, and you know, we, UFC absolutely dominate the you know the MMA scene, yeah. um, and, and Bellator obviously you know a, a, a valiant second. I think they they've got some really interesting fighters now, and they're putting on some really good shows. Um, so that obviously left the um, Pro Fighters League um, with a decision here. You know, do we follow the same l- layout? No, what we're going to do here is it's a, it's a points-based system, yeah. which is really exciting because it's easy to follow. It's simple to follow. And I think it gives their fighters a, a real fair crack of the whip. Um, one of the criticisms that we laid out in, in regards to UFC, and it's got its pros and its cons, but Dana White essentially decides all of the fights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which ones are going to make the most money you know, for, for the business. But whereas... You know the the pro fighters league. Um, it doesn't look like that is the case. It's actually based off well, you know, who, who's fighting well at the moment, who, who's coming off wins. Well, it's almost like everyone fights everyone, isn't it? And then you, you get the points from it. So, 
I guess if you're, well, if you flip it to the world of boxing, Dillian White would have fought for his title. He would have fought versus the people that he wanted to. You know, could have won, could have lost. But it's that you know, it's interesting. Definitely. I don't know if it if it'll last, if it'll stay. But I like it as an idea. But I mean, I'll be honest. I tuned in for a couple of fights, but I was nicely surprised. Did you pick up on you know how many of the fights did you watch? Is there any that jumped out to you? So all of the fights that I watched on the card, can I? I'll just say. Absolutely mental. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it, it was a hundred miles an hour from 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 all of the fighters on there, and we saw some absolutely class uh, knockouts, which you know for the fan it, it is always great to see. Um, I'm I'm definitely interested uh, in their soap. I'm I'm definitely going to be uh, watching, and we will definitely you know be interested in some of the main events that are coming up. We'll, we'll definitely cover that as well. Um, but the 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 Brendan uh, Lock Locknane fight for me. Um, oh, how aggressive oh. the the barrage of punches <laughs> he was landing on this dude and don't get me wrong um, again another fighter who was essentially using his mullet to to, <laughs> to to defend from these power punches which is never recommended but it made for great viewing oh no and don't get I didn't know much about Tyler Diamond coming into it you see a guy with a mullet and you think mm. you know he's had some fights out in that car park before <laughs> That guy can take a punch and a knee and an elbow and another punch and get yeah. up and up and up. Uh, you know, credit where credit's due. He was absolutely outclassed, but one, two, three of those shots would have absolutely There's put me into the, the land of, you know... Land of nod. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been a kip. There's a and you'll, you guys honestly I would um, I definitely recommend the highlights for this one. Forget the highlights, watch the full card. There's a there's a, a moment in the fight uh, where Lockning uppercuts him. Okay, now um, Diamond is 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 bent over so it lands absolutely flush. He then follows it up with a knee to the head and it and, and again lands flush. Yeah. That on me, on Mule, absolutely, you know, KO'd. Uh, on a lot of fighters, you would see them go down there. This guy just chewed them and then got back <laughs> up and, and, and carried on. And, and fair play to him. Um, it's not a defense or a style that is going to last long. And you're probably not going to live nicely into your 60s. No. But it's en- it, it's entertaining. But no, that that was an absolutely fantastic fight. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to to, uh, to Lockney and getting the W from Manchester as well. From representing Manchester. Uh, Manchester. They won six one. I think outside of that, that for me, I'll be honest, obviously huge boxing fan. I tuned in to see the 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 quote, the greatest woman of all time, Clarissa Shields, eleven and 0, three weight world champion. Step in, you know, she's twenty six. She she's doing something that it's almost like a, a backwards world. If you follow boxing and you follow MMA, what you'll find is you're getting these old. MMA fighters who are moving to boxing yeah. and the only reason they're doing it when they're past it and fighting YouTubers is because there's so much more money in boxing but what's happening in the world of boxing is we have these two round, uh, two minute rounds for women and they're using that as an excuse to underpay them compared to the men they're saying to them you're only fighting 20 minutes when you're doing 10 two minute rounds you don't deserve the same amount of money as the men and even when they're topping the cards they're getting paid so much less that somebody who calls himself the greatest woman of all time, who has belts and has unified in three weight divisions, 
is having to move at the age of 26, not even in her prime, to a different sport, mm. to rediscipline and retrain. So I was interested to see, you know, there's not many people who've done it. Um, Holly Holm did it. You've got boxers who've come over, generally absolutely not in their prime, and they've been smashed to pieces. Yeah. She is training with Holly Holm. So I was intrigued to see how the fight actually turned out. What, what did you think about the fight? Well, first of all, uh, first of all, I just want to say and, and just reiterate what you said there. Massive props for her to, you know, step into, you know, the the, the octagon. Um, it's uh, this is controversial, but I think it's a little easier if you're an MMA fighter who has a background of striking mm-hmm. to, to go into boxing because you're not learning from the ground up. Yeah, you know, you, you've got your foundations, you've got your jabs, your hooks. That you know, they're all still relevant. Maybe not as much, obviously, as in boxing, but you've worked on them before. You've got a good solid foundation. I think if you're a boxer going into MMA, it's like learning to swim for the first time. Yeah, you know. Yes, you stand up. You're gonna, you know, you 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 probably regardless of who you fight, you, your stand up is gonna be, you know. Uh, miles ahead of and it was we saw that however you know your ground game that's where it gets scary um because you're fighting you know she's fighting a woman here who okay yes she's got was it, five losses and, and two wins mm-hmm. but she's trained her whole life for for for, for ground fighting for Absolutely. fighting on the mat for getting you know her hands and knees for, you know, for grueling grueling fights and Shields has, has never had to do that. It's, you know, worse comes to worse. It's going to be, I'm, I'm dealing with blows to the hair, blows to the body. And that's as, you know, that's as, as, as quotes bad as it gets. Whereas, you know, you're being attacked from all angles yeah. um, inside MMA. So I was really impressed with her. Um, I thought that, you know, the way she was sprawling on the ground, I felt like her, her takedown, takedown defense was okay. But when she was on the ground, there were a couple of danger moments and yeah. she was losing the rounds early on and that's expected. Um, but you know she was ground and pounding, and she looked like a um, a pro at that season pro. So I was really impressed with her. Uh, and just to kind of reiterate what you said, I was impressed with her takedown of down defense. There was a few times that she did she sprawl back and and she protected herself. There was a really hairy moment where the armbar was millimeters yeah. up, millimeters away, and she managed to get it out. And I was nervous for her. But if you look at wrestling. And I'm not talking WWE here, obviously. The three-minute rounds and the three-minute... Sorry, the three-round fights and the three-round fights for a reason. It takes a lot of energy out of you. Yeah, It's com- it's a completely different world. It's a completely different skill set. So the fact that... And I know the person she was fighting was, you know, two and five. But that's still seven professional MMA fights. I was impressed. She survived adversity. She did well on the stand-up. I was interested to see because, you know, in boxing, two-minute rounds, big gloves. She doesn't have a lot of knockouts. It's interesting to see how it transferred. She landed clean a few times and she didn't clean her out. So I'm not expecting that she's going to get knockout after knockout. Yeah. But if she can keep working on that that takedown defense, mm-hmm. working on a ground game, the longer you can keep someone on the feet and and you're knocking them yeah. and you're you know you're hitting them with them clean punches, she she will get knockouts. So a couple of um, a couple of things that I want to say, you know, because I'm a, I'm a huge MMA fan, um, and I think it can be so it can come across disrespectful when you when you you know you get these boxers coming over, and you can see okay they've worked a little bit on you know trying to stay up and not, not get taken down, but 
props to her because it looks like you know like you said she's working all home she's taking this seriously mm-hmm. you know she wants to do well and, and she wants to perform well in the sport and you can only commend that uh, at the end of the day um will she get better of course she will she's 26 years old so you know we're in that kind of new odd scenario here where actually you've got a fighter who like uh, mule said they're not even in the prime yet you know she's still learning and she's going to be a fast learner so I'm not saying that she's going to be, you know, a future MMA champion. I'm not sure. Um, but I think we're going to see her improve. And I, and I would like to see her against some really good contenders. I'm going to be controversial and I'll say she might be a future MMA champion. She's young enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like you say, it depends on all those things you said. She's already got Nunes calling her out, um, you know, who is arguably the greatest female MMA fighter of all time, definitely in the conversation. Absolutely. So she's making waves uh, after her first fight, you know, yes. the big names already calling her out. So um, there's a market for her there, 100%, you know, um, just keep improving. She's got a great coach in Holly Holm. Um, just keep working on that ground game. And, and yeah, she, she could go far and best of luck. Absolutely. And stay away from Nunes. Yeah. Um, okay, I mean, that's everything as far as the, the fights last weekend. That, let's look forward. Um, I think you touched on it earlier before we look at the, the UFC. Let's kind of cross over and between the world of boxing and MMA. Um, obviously, there's a bit of a weird card. Um, it's a strange one. There is an absolute legend um, in uh, Chavez Sr., Mm. Um, not much to talk about, but he's fighting versus a, another old, another old fighter, um, Hector Camacho. He's actually continued to do this. He he's fought in these weird exhibition fights. He's old. He'd still knock me out, and he is still beating people. But there isn't really much to talk about from there. But as on Sunday, it is Father's Day. It's only fitting to touch on the most disappointed father and the fact that his son. Junior, his fighting versus the absolute legend, Anderson Silva. What do you think? So, everything that you said there in the last 30 seconds is just absolutely bizarre, isn't it? That we've got, <laughs> we've got uh, you know, Cesar Chavez Senior fighting um, and his son fighting as well. Um, now, obviously, there's a big difference in, in legacy there. Um, in terms of junior fighting Anderson Silva I don't know what to expect here I, I've just not got a clue I, I don't even know how that has, has, has come about <laughs> it's dangerous for Silva it's it's a really dangerous fight um, you know his last six or seven fights he's been outclassed by pretty much everyone he's fought against and yeah. um, you know we were talking about this you know um, off the podcast but it's it's a, it's it's worse than you know Roy Jones's kind of fall from grace during the end of his career. It is. Um, you know, it was only four or five years ago when you were talking about the greatest of all time and you know your top two, top three. He was always in that list, and and it's interesting now if you speak to to the fans and maybe maybe it's just the movement in the times. Maybe it's the newer fans, but it's rare that he's ever in the list and if he is in the list it's almost like people feel like they've, they've got to put him there yeah. Um, yeah he is in my top three list Um I just don't want to see him fight again I don't want to see him fight in a boxing fight no Um I don't want to see him fight in MMA 
I just don't know. The fight doesn't make sense to me. I don't no. know. Other than other than financial reasons. And that's it. I mean, listen, it's 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 sad. It's really really sad. F- for me, I get I get the arguments for your GSPs, and I get your arguments for your, your John Jones. And realistically, probably probably the right answer is John Jones. But ever since he did that front kick to to Belfour, and I was running around my room with my hands in the air, he's been the goat. And you're exactly right, as we said, it's, it has absolutely been the Jones Jr. effect. He's been great, and it's been dampened and dampened and dampened and dampened. Mm-hmm. And I know he had to fight out his contract, and he had a ridiculously long contract. So you could say, is it a case of he just wanted to fight out? I don't think it is. Sadly, I think he's addicted, and I think he wants the money, or he needs the money. Mm. Now, Chavez Jr. has been... A horrendous disappointment. He started quite well. A huge, physically, a physically huge fighter that was winning fights by just outstrengthening people because of his size. And then he gave up and he would come in overweight and he would have fights cancelled because of it. And he would go out there and as soon as he realised he was losing, he'd survive. And he's had some very te- terrible, terrible fights and some bad losses. And He's passed it himself. However, he is a boxer. Yeah. And he probably has about 15 years on Silver in, in, in age. So, don't get me wrong. I would love Silver to do one of two things. Go out there, knock him out with a straight right, or double leg him and tap him out. But unfortunately, he doesn't have the reflexes anymore. He, no. he was a great striker. Unless it's been pre-agreed before, which... That can happen in these kind of things. I do think he's going to lose. I think he's going to lose convincingly, and I'd, I'd say early on. I know that we're talking about um, you know Chavez Junior being a, a little bit of a disappointment. I think it, we mustn't forget that you know during his peak, you know, I, I was looking earlier, he went on something crazy like a fifteen, sixteen, you know, win streak. Which okay, yeah, of course it depends on the opposition. It's still impressive, you know. You're you're going in the ring against you know heavy hitters, heavy punches. Anything can happen. Um, he's just got way too much, way, way, way too much experience for for Anderson Silva. If this was prime Anderson Silva, we'd have a we'd have a proper proper fight here. Um, however, this is not prime Anderson Silva. It's not. It's not. And you know what? To be fair to Silva, he doesn't just have MMA experience. You know, he has kickboxing experience. He has very transferable experience. But I do still think he, I think you're right. I think he's going to get stops. And I, I don't. I don't rate Chavez Junior. I really don't. But I just think the youth. And I yeah. know he's not young, but the youth will be will be far too much. Yeah, agreed. I just want him to retire after this. Both fighters. I wanted him to retire five years ago. To be fair, but still, hey ho. Should we move back to UFC then? Yes, we, it's, it's the MMA, um, it's MMA uh, episode, so we've got to finish with the with the UFC here. Uh, the Korean Zombie versus uh, Dan Ige. Again, you know, I I know I mentioned Nate Diaz, but for, for me, the Korean Zombie is right up there. He's such an exciting fighter. Um, regardless if he if he loses, he he absolutely goes to war every single time. He does. He does. He almost reminds me a little bit of. Um boxing's uh, Provognikov in the fact that he is less face-first taking it, but he's a forward action pack fighter. But I'll be honest, if somebody says to me, Korean zombie, ask him forward past the rounds where he dominated, 
on all I see is that crazy knockout of the year, elbow, and him yeah. falling to Kip face forward. It, it's all I can see. And you know what? He was a great fighter. He had to take that time off because of uh, his national service in his country. He come back. He still like a great fighter. He was winning that fight. But that's all I can see. So I think... <sighs> I think we're being a little bit harsh on him here. I think, you know, what other fighter has to halt their career for military service? I know. You know, unless you are from uh, Korea, obviously. Um, I think he's a great fighter. I still think he's a great fighter. And I, I am expecting him to, to get the win here and get everything back on track because, to me, you know, I'm going to... I'm not even going to say and put him in neck and line. He, in my opinion, he's an elite level fighter who's been through a bit of a rough time. And, and like you said, look, any, especially in MMA, anybody can lose the fight. Yeah, the the the, the fight that we're talking about um, with the with the well, it was almost like a backwards uppercut elbow. It was it was crazy. If you've not seen it, it was his. I believe it was his last fight. Watch it, guys, because it, it was crazy. But he was winning the fight. And those sorts of things can happen. It can just come out of absolutely nowhere. You take the, the Rockhold and the Bisping fight. Rockhold was winning that fight, dropped his hands a little bit too, 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 you know, too quickly and Bisping KO'd him. It, it happens to, it, it can happen in MMA. It can, it can. And, and you know what? I mean, with that time out and obviously his career so far, he's not fresh. He's not young. Don't get me wrong. He's not an old man. Dan Ike also isn't, you know, he, both of them, similar age. I think you're right. I do think that Zombie is going to come through this. I do think he, he is a machine. Um, but if he wants to make that, you know, march back up the ladder and head towards a title fight, he needs to get some convincing wins back on him. He's had that timeout that's put him back. He needs to get back in the minds of, of you know, everyone who watches, not just as a, you know, a guy face forward in the fetal position. Agreed. Agreed. What I think, what I want to finish on, guys, is just you know we. This is the first week of, of recording these podcasts. For everybody that has supported us from the from the likes and the and the retweets, and you know even if you've just sat through one of the episodes, um, just want to we both want to say thank you. We we really do appreciate it. We're going to be doing these every week for you guys, and um, you know try and be as consistent as possible. I think we want to hear from you as well. So obviously you can catch us on all the socials. So you can catch us uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook. Um, we're going to be running little polls on there. Uh, we'd like to see your comments as well. If you think, I don't know, I've said something ridiculous or the mule, or you, you just completely disagree with us, let us know, guys. We want to hear your comments and we can have that debate um, off air. Absolutely. So reach out to us. We'll make sure we've got all the handles in the description. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys, have another great week. Been emotional.